Welcome to the Parenting with Impact podcast with your hosts, Elaine Taylor-Klaus and Diane Dempster, co-creators of ImpactParents.com, an online community, award-winning blog, and service organization, helping parents all over the world to raise complex kids become capable, independent adults. Elaine and Diane are certified coaches with personal experience raising children with challenges such as ADHD, anxiety, and more, and extensive experience in guiding parents to raise their complex kids with confidence and calm. On the podcast, Elaine and Diane interview experts, bringing you cutting-edge information about your child's challenges, teach you real-life strategies to create lasting change, and demonstrate how coaching can guide you to parent your complex kids one conversation at a time. For the essentials of Elaine and Diane's coach approach to parenting, download a free tip sheet at impactparents.com slash podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Parenting with Impact podcast. And I am like stoked for this conversation. I have just met Kathleen, the allergy chef. You're about to meet her. We don't know anything about each other, except for that we both agree that reading bios is boring and we're going to have a fabulous conversation. And what Kathleen doesn't know yet is how much rich history I have in the work that she does in the world, because she's all about changing the world one bite at a time. Um, she's dealing with, she's an allergy chef who, who deals with, with people with restricted diets of which in my family, there is much of that. So, um, so I'm really excited to have this conversation. Kathleen, welcome. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited as well. It's going to be really fun. So get us started. Just tell us a little bit about the work that you do. You know, we work with families of complex kids. And, and I know that you work with any human on the planet who's dealing with these complex issues. But how did you come to be doing this work? So we're actually a food allergy family. Our second child was born allergic to dairy, which was obvious, pretty straight, clear right away. And then um, over time, it got worse and there were other issues. And then he was properly diagnosed with more later on. Meanwhile, our other kids each had dietary issues. One needed a special diet for cognitive function. One, as it turns out, has essentially a severe intolerance to cane sugar, food colorings, pesticides, additives, etc. So that was quite the shift. Yeah, that's huge. We learned like with the youngest in her teenage years that she did better with certain food. We also found out with her that like sugar on an empty stomach, even if it's like sugar-free, not even like weirdo sugar-free, like organic sugar-free, refined sugar-free products, man, that kid like goes insane like a sailor. It like she would curse. <laughs> it was so weird the first time we were like, what is going on right now? Like it was insane. <laughs> um, right, wait, let me just, how many kids do you have? So we've got four kids. So, okay. They're not mine biologically, but I raised four children with my best friend and then, um, we had a couple more kids who stayed with us for a while as well. So okay. some like depending on who you ask, I might end up saying I have like six or seven kids. Four to six or seven. Kids. Yes. Okay. I got um, that. Yeah. So, so, so you're one of those saints in the world who like helps people like find their, their landing again. I guess so. And yeah. um, so. And with, with food restrictions. All, <laughs> yeah, I heard. On top of all of that, I was finally properly diagnosed with more than 200 food allergies and food intolerances. Um, at my lowest point, I was given 30 days to live because my condition was so bad. Um, after that, I experienced wasting, which is where you lose like an insane amount of body weight way too fast. I lost like 30% of my body in about 30 days. So just a lot of stuff like that. Like, I mean, 
when I say I understand how you feel, I really mean it because with my condition, I mimic all other conditions. I could go to a special, you, you pick a specialist out of a hat. I could go to them tomorrow, list off a series of symptoms, and they would tell me that I have the disease that they specialize in. And you can keep doing this and picking out of a hat. Because I'm allergic and intolerant to so much, and I have more than 250 different symptoms, I literally could cherry pick any disease off of a tree and say, I've got that one. I've got that one. I've got that one. Like, I mimic cancer, Job's, Raynaud's, you name it. I've got it. Or don't got it. But, um, don't, but but don't got it. Thanks. Yeah, exactly. So um, you've used a term a couple of times and I want to go back to it. And again, I'll, I'll tell you my story in a minute, but okay. you've used the term properly diagnosed. Yes. What does that mean to you? So well, I like to define it as two things. You've got quick and obvious reactions and everyone else, right? Quick and obvious reactions are you ate the food, your face blew up, you can't breathe, you turned red, you passed out. Like it's so obvious that it's pretty much impossible to misdiagnose, okay? And I'm not even talking about like what you're allergic to or the complexities involved or anything. I'm just saying whether or not you're diagnosable, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So you've got quick and obvious reactions, which I actually think those people are really the lucky ones. I don't care how many food allergies you have or don't have. If you can luckily get diagnosed like straight away, you're actually in a much better boat. Because then then you know what you're dealing with. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Totally. And you have people like me who are complex cases where- Reactions aren't anaphylaxis, at least mm-hmm. not in every situation. When I got older, I actually developed anaphylaxis to multiple things, but that's a different yeah, story. Too. And so when you're not dealing with anaphylaxis, so for example, my crazy worst symptom is extreme unexplainable weight gain. At my heaviest point, I was more than 450 pounds. I mean, you're looking at me right now. You can tell I'm not 450, but right, yeah, yeah. Whatever. you know, I was like the fattest kid you'd ever meet. I was essentially an obese kindergartner. And not a single doctor was picking up on these things. When I was Mm -hmm. a teenager, I essentially had like a mild 36 hour seizure and they sent in specialists after specialists after specialists. And each one would ask me what happened. And I literally would say, I ate the food and then I just started shaking. And they were like, cool, let's do a brain scan. Next one comes in. Let's do a heart scan. (laughs) Next one comes in. Because they get no training in nutrition, Kathleen, and they don't know. Here's the worst part though. The word allergy was not foreign to my file, right? They knew that I I had severe environmental allergies as well. So it's not like they couldn't see the word allergy, hear the word food and go, hmm. Oh, maybe there's a connection here. Right. And so, and that's the (laughs) thing. That's why I say you've got two things in terms of diagnosis, right? You've got quick and obvious. Those are the lucky ones. And then you've got everybody else. And then on top of that, you could be a complex case, like dealing with mast cell or some other form of, you know, like even F pies, right? Like these kids, you know, with food protein induced intercolitis syndrome. Say it again slower. Oh, food protein protein induced intercolloidal syndrome. And what it is, is it's essentially, it's a delayed true allergy. So with allergy, we normally define it as moment of contact to four hours. After that, it's usually defined as a food intolerance. But in this rare case with the, and it's usually diagnosed in children. That's why I always say these kids, but Mm -hmm. with these kids, the symptoms don't happen until the food usually hits the GI tract. So it could be six, eight, 10, 12 hours later, but Mm -hmm. it's like a full on reaction. We've got like projectile vomiting, failure to thrive, absorption issues with food, like crazy issues. But because it's so delayed, Unless there's no, the, not a connection being exactly made. unless yeah. the doctor or the parent happen to know the word F pies or the right specialist gets involved, it can take a while for that kid to get properly diagnosed. Right. Uh, there's so many kids coming to mind as you're saying this. It's it's kind of boggling yeah. mind. But same ahead. thing with yeah. mast cell. If you're an adult with mast cell, which is uh, mast 
mast cell activation syndrome, also known as MCAS. The easiest way to define mast cell is you can be allergic to something on Monday and eat it perfectly fine on Friday, right? The body is all over the place. And usually with mast cell, there's a huge root cause underlying issue that's then driving the system to be in all this state of chaos, right? So it, some argue it's a true allergy. Some argue it's not a true allergy. At the end of the day, you still have to avoid the food, which is why personally, I've just decided I'm coining this phrase and I say it like all the time now, restricted diet, because that term actually summarizes all of us. It doesn't matter if it's an allergy, an intolerance, a medical condition, a special diet or anything else. If there is a restriction, I can step in and say, okay, let's look at what you can have, what you can't have. And then let's make sure you have safe and delicious food because that's really the thing, right? I don't want you to feel restricted. I don't want you to feel like you have nothing. And not only that, but like with children, it's like, they feel so excluded, you know, Ooh. and um, oh my able to help parents like there was this. So like I was mentioning to you before we started, you know, we have a bakery and it's the only one in the state of California that goes to the level of safety that we do for people with food allergies and celiac disease. Right. And for we used to do this thing where so we're near San Francisco and we would deliver down to the SoCal area. <laughs> and on one of our deliveries, we delivered a birthday cake, nice big birthday cake. For six of the kids at the party, it was the first time they ever had birthday cake at a birthday party. Yeah. I'm not even talking babies. These were 10, 12, 11-year-olds. Like, these were, like, almost teenagers who had been excluded for so long. Yeah. And finally had birthday cake at a party. I mean, talk about crazy, right? Like, to to be able to provide people with those kinds of first experiences. Like, we had one kid who came to the bakery. The kid was turning 12, and the parents could not bake to save their lives. And the mom found us, gave me a call, and she was like, my child's never had a birthday cake before, and we really want to go all out. So we actually created this whole new concept for this child called the candy overload cake. And it's something you would see on one of those like uh, competition shows, you know? So it's got like cake, and it's got ombre, and it's got color. And then on top, it's got like cookies and donuts and candy and well, like it had everything everything that that was forbidden otherwise. Exactly. Yes. So this kid and her dad shows up to the bakery. And she's like shocked and dad's in tears. And she's like, this is for me. And I'm like, yep, kiddo, this is all you. You can actually all eat all of it. And she was like, I can, I, yeah. I can eat that. Like kid was like blown away. Dad's blown away. And that's, that's what I'm all about. Right. Like, yeah. yes, you can have those restrictions. And, and I get that. Like, okay, your life is like not the easiest, but like, let's move past it and let's thrive. Let's yeah. show the world. We can have our cake and eat it too, quite literally, right? I love that. Yeah. Well, so you guys can understand, those of you who know me, why I was so excited to have this conversation with Kathleen. So here's what you don't know about me. All right. Almost 20 years ago, about 18 years ago, we had a phenomenal nutritionist who said to me when I was dealing with a lot of challenges with my eldest kid and my husband would have said, sounds like gluten. And this is long enough ago where I said, what's gluten? Okay. And she told me, and I cried. And we proceeded to remove gluten from the diet. And within uh, three weeks, my kid went from off the charts, emotional ability to within the range of normal. And we had testing to prove it. And there was a matzo ball incident where I thought how much, how harm could be. And we tried a little matzo ball and they were sick for six days. And so besides the guilt, my kid at 10 years old looked at me in tears and said, I hate to admit it, but I feel better without it. And so now 17, 18 years later, we have been, you know, very strictly gluten-free. They took ownership of it at 10 years old. 
Um, my husband's been strictly gluten-free. It, you know, completely changed our lives. But in the early years, there were no gluten-free foods in the stores. There were no gluten-free restaurants. There were no gluten-free menus at restaurants. And I would spend a lot of time in restaurants asking to read the number 10 cans so that I could figure out whether the foods were safe for my kid to eat or my husband to eat. Yeah. And so that your story of like giving them the space to just have a sense of normal in their life that is really governed by what you can't. Yes. That is, it's so powerful. I cannot, I can't express to people. Like I remember going to an ice cream store that had ice cream cones in Italy that were gluten-free and crying. I mean, there there were many tears along the years, every time we would be able to do something that we hadn't been able to do before. Yeah. Right. As a family. Like you get Um, it. And it's, it's interesting because we have such a similar story, right? Yeah. Um, You know, our, our second kid, when he was diagnosed as allergic to wheat, he cried. He, and then he, 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 and he was only like six. He understood right away because he was like, what about pancakes? No pizza. No. Mm -hmm. He went through every car because mind you, this kid, we, we lovingly call him the carburetor because he loves carbs. (laughs) And um, he went through all of them. Couldn't have Which any. is often a sign, right? It's right? often an yeah. indicator that there's an intolerance there. Yeah. And um, he couldn't have anything. Well, that same night I went out to the stores and unfortunately you were in a time where you couldn't do this. And Mm-mm. I was at a time where I could do this, but every single product that was free from milk and wheat, because mind you, he had a yes. as well. Yeah. And um, we spent way too much money, by the way. And well, it's a fortune. It is. Cost right? a fortune. Totally. And um, their dad took everybody out to play so I could do the shopping. And then we got home and we set up all this food in the kitchen. And we're like, okay, we have a surprise for you. And he walks in and he sees it all, right? Kid freaks out. I tell people this and I mean it. I still to this day have never been hugged that hard by that child. Right. He was like- The gratitude. Yes. he, He was free. Like he could have these foods. And, um, he's the reason that a lot of what we do exists. He's yeah. one of the reasons our bakery exists. He's one of the reasons like a lot of things happen because, um, yeah. I was like, well, he's going to have the best. Why shouldn't he? Right. And then yeah. of course it was, why not let everybody win? You know? Um, but yeah. And same like with your matzo ball incident, right. That's what it was like with our kid three with sugar. And the you can't not that. try it. Like it doesn't matter how smart you are. It's just the guilt. Right. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, with his journey, it was different because we honestly didn't know. There's real no diagnosing of a sugar intolerance. There, there really isn't. Um, you get missed. In his case, he was misdiagnosed with ADHD. He was put on some pretty intense medications that really jacked up his body. And I was not OK with it. I started yeah. doing a lot of research. I learned so much, so, so much. Well, and and I just want to interject really quickly that, that if the ADHD is not an accurate diagnosis, then the ADHD meds are not a good fit. Right. Exactly. Right. If you're taking yeah. the ADHD meds and it makes things better, that's a pretty good sign yes. that you're on the right track. But if it's not, it doesn't mean it's not ADHD. It may mean it's not the right fit as a med, but I just want to specify correct. because no, the you're, audience you're is listening. Correct. Um, right. I know with our oldest, we went through 
several different medications where he would think it was working and then it wasn't. And then he would think, you know, and we were like, okay, this is not working. And I, I started getting training from all sorts of doctors and different things and learned way too much about everything going on. This is long before I was the allergy chef. And I learned so much about food that I just decided I'm taking the reins in my own hands. And, and so with our oldest, we tried one, we were doing different diet types and different things. And we were actually making progress that way without the medication, but with kid three, it was actually a punishment. It was hilarious because the kids were getting like dessert every day and he got himself into, he was getting into so much trouble that another parent wanted a restraining order against a five-year-old. He was five at the time. Yeah, it was that bad. And so one night at the dinner table, their dad just says, that's it. You don't get any sugar for 30 days. And every kid at the table goes, oh, it was like a death sentence in our house. Okay. Well, after two weeks, he was a different person. Yeah. He was well-behaved. He, he's the kind of kid where you're like, can we use inside voices? He's like, okay, I'm using my inside voice. And you're like, <laughs> Okay, cool. Let's, let's use a medium inside voice. Okay. How's this? Is this better? You know, like that's yeah. him, right? in a nutshell. And um, finally we had an inside voice, right? Like everything about, he was a different human, human being. being. It was, yeah. it was fascinating. Right. Well, then two weeks later, he gets his sugar back first bite of dessert i kid you not and mind you we're not even eating like like takeout desserts or anything this is all homemade stuff right so right and organic and healthy and, yeah, yeah. yeah we're not even getting like into the chemical stuff of things just homemade dessert he literally gets up goes over to the couch and physically throws himself against the wall like when we said <laughs> when we say he bounced off the wall we, we were not joking literally, literally yes throwing himself off the wall against the wall landing on the couch getting up and doing it again and again and again and we're like we know what's wrong with him Right. Oh, uh-huh. this was the we best punishment ever. Like we we yeah. stumbled into the answer, and from that day forward, I started doing everything food based for this child, and um, had a whole different person, hundred yeah. percent, like complete well, one eighty. So here's what I, I want to interject here, you know, because I get this question a lot. I want to say that if your kid has a food to- intolerance, a food restrictive diet, a, a, if there's something going on, changing the food can be magic. It's not a panacea and it's not every kid, right? Right. It's not going to fix every kid with autism and every kid with ADHD and every kid with anxiety. It's just not. And if there is an underlying irritant that's causing agitation in a child's body that is food related, it can really make a profound difference. Is that fair? I feel like that is the best and most fair thing to say, because I'm a huge fan of always telling people no two people are the same. My story Mm -hmm. and my journey and my journey of my children, they won't be the same as yours, right? Right. You might find that eliminating all those foods gives you a 40% change, whereas we got a 100% change. And you might put in all the work and find that it didn't change anything. And it turns out that you were dealing with parasites the whole time. Like it could literally be something so different that um, you don't even see it coming. And so, you know, you have to keep working with your medical team and sometimes functional medicine teams are a little bit better because they're, you know, a team, a collective, and they're pulling from different specialties. But at the end of the day, it's like, you've got to put in the work, you've got to do the journaling and you've got to do the observations and you've got to do the testing and the retesting and the, there's just so much, you know? And let's be honest, it's effort, it's work. So, and again, we're going back 20 years, but full confession, I don't share this very often, but I'll share it here. I had an appointment with this nutritionist and I canceled it. Oh, and it was almost two years later when I finally made that appointment. What made you cancel it? 
because I knew she was going to tell me to take a food out of the diet and I couldn't handle it because oh. I had three really complex young kids under eight. And I felt like, and I'm not a good cook. I don't, I'm not a chef. And, and I was the one still in charge of food at the time. And I just like, it, I was, it was a self-care thing. I know that it would have been better for everybody, including myself, had I done it earlier. And at the time, I just didn't think I could cope. Wow. With one more thing. That's, I mean, I'm just being really honest. No, that's, it's so raw and honest. And like, for me and my platform, I don't even know how to respond to that. Like, and, and I'm being like raw and honest with you. And I'll tell you why. As an undiagnosed child who suffered immensely oh, it's, and it's, didn't really have an advocate. It's like, I always tell people now you are your child's sword and shield and you've got to advocate and you've got to push, 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 push. And I firsthand know how hard it is and the coping element. I mean, I was literally, I was so sick on yeah. top of all the stress and being sick and stress. And, and so it's like, right. How does someone like, and, and it's not like I'm judging. And my kid had been sick like, and my kid like, had, 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 you know, from early on, like two weeks in, we were, we were on meds for whatever they called it. It wasn't reflux, but it, whatever, you know, it was something else early. I'm just blanking on it. I mean, there was all good reason to do something. And I was undiagnosed at the time myself. Yeah. I wasn't, you know, I was overwhelmed. I was hanging on by a thread. And so, and I guess, so, so why am I sharing this? I think what I want to say is it feels daunting. It can feel daunting and overwhelming. It is effort and it's worth it because when you find the thing that makes the shift, the shift is so much, makes things so much easier yeah. than what you're dealing with now. It's like that it's worth at, the effort. Yeah. Right? Not, so with kid three, you go from needing a restraining order to an angelic child. You know, <laughs> you can imagine all yes. the stuff involved with having a troubled child and then being like that family, you know, like everybody gives you the side eye because you're, you know, you've got that kid. And so having that shift, it's like the effort was worth it. I've got to ask though, and, and maybe you don't know the answer. It's okay if you don't. What would have helped you? during that moment where you cancel and you're like, I can't do this. What would have helped you feel like I can do this so that you could have, you know, what would have helped you know what is, I mean? is believing that something would have really been better. So this was so long ago that this, I mean, this was not a thing. Yeah. I, nobody in the world knew what, I didn't know what gluten was. Yeah. Like really, I was so far ahead of the curve and, you know, my friends tease me about it now, but because now everybody's gluten-free, yeah. but you know, in those days, literally I was baking for camp and sending like, like crates of food to go with the kids to camp so that they could eat safely. And like, there were just nobody had ever heard of it. So I think had I known, had I believed that it was possible that it could be better, that it was really going to make a difference. And I think that if I were faced with it now, I like to believe I would make a, di a different call. Um, I think you would have today because I think today in today's world, you would have gone online. You would world. have seen so many testimonials from other parents. There, there was no online. Exactly. You had to order a notebook from the Celiac Disease Association exactly. or whatever. What I mean, like, like, today, you would have had access to a support group. Probably even in hospital, there would have been a support group. And you would have had access to so many resources now. It would have been well, different, you know. I might have had a doctor suggesting it, right? So I had a nutritionist yeah. in another state saying, We're going to do this, but we're like, so they didn't even have us test first. 
because she was afraid that if the test came back questionable that I wouldn't try it. Like it was just, it was a different time. So I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to focus on that. But what I, I think the message, I think we're both trying to, to get across to people is that when there is an underlying food issue, you can learn to navigate it and you can make an enormous difference in the life of a child. You know, I'm going to go a step further for that one. Yeah. And say that yeah. it doesn't matter if it's food or not. If you have any kind of underlying root cause, if it's mold exposure, if it's, yes. you know, a chronic, we had. If, it's toxicity, <laughs> if it's all sorts of things, right. I don't care what the underlying root cause is. Anything negatively impacting your health period is worth investigating because at yes. the end of the day, like number one, nobody wants to be a slave or dependent on big pharma and pills all the time if it can be avoided, right? Yeah. And then like number two, no one wants to feel like trash every day, right? Like right. accepting feeling like trash as your new normal, that's not normal. Like break out of that concept because nowadays we're told, well, one in five has this and one in 10 has this and one in 13 has this and one in 14. Like we're told that these things are normal. And if you rewind to like our grandparents, like that's not normal. Right. Well, and you can learn to live safely and free and friendly, happily, right? With right. with so many of these issues, when it finally came to a head for us, when I my kid got a list of like eight or ten diagnoses, like no joke, at eight years old or ten years old, nine, I guess they were nine. And I went to the psychologist in tears, and I said, "Where do I start?" And she said, "You start with the metabolic." And so there was food allergy, there was chelation because there was mold, there were metals, there were like, there were a lot of issues and that we were dealing with over those years to try to reduce the word. I call it is the toxic load. That's the way I yes, like to that's think That's exactly it. what it is. Right. Right. You essentially like, worked on, on bucket theory at that point then. So what's bucket theory? So bucket theory is essentially, and it's really used for people with complex cases where your body is a bucket. Every exposure is a drop in the bucket. When the bucket gets full, the bucket overflows. When the bucket overflows, we're looking at chronic illness, symptoms, craziness, body off the chart, everything going crazy. So it's, exactly. it's essentially trying to empty the bucket. And it's just a phrase that's used within the community that where it's like, it's really instructive bucket theory, you know what it is. But yeah. I'm curious, did you end up having to move because of the mold or did you do mold rem remediation? We did mold remediation. Okay. Yeah, a very expensive mold right. remediation, um, part yeah. of which was covered by insurance and part of which was not. And there were surgeries and there was, you know, like it was, it was not easy. It was complicated. I mean, and, I'm not gonna lie, if I had to be in your shoes back then and I didn't even have like a test to tell me, oh yeah, he definitely can't have gluten. I probably mm -hmm. would have been like, well, what's our checklist, right? Uh, what else I can we try? Yeah, and that's exactly. what I did. I'm, I'm what else can we try first? Like, well... You're telling me there's these 20 different things I need to work on. I know I can only manage working on three at a time. Let me just pick three that seem the easiest low hanging fruit and I'll just go from there. Because at yeah. the end of the day, changing over a diet is not the easiest change, right? Yeah. I, I almost think mold remediation is easier than changing a, a diet because you just call the dude up and you're like, hey, can you come to my can house? Can you come take care of this? Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 No, that's true. So Kathleen, I could talk to you all day and we are like way over time. Oh, oops. <laughs> okay. Apologies to all listeners. No I'm apologies. I, we're having a good time, time and so right? are they. Okay, good. All right. So how can people find and get in touch with you? How can the easiest thing you? to do is to go to theallergychef.com. It's, it's basically a landing page, but we've got resources for the newly diagnosed. We have a whole free system for them. If you're like brand new to it all, you don't know where to start. Um, we've got our cookbooks. You can find info on the bakery. We've got kids baking classes that are coming up pretty soon. Um, awesome. We've actually, we're actually, 
working on a secret project and I won't tell you about it, but it'll be there eventually. We've got our Raise platform, which has more than 500 recipes. And um, it's got the most advanced tools for people with restricted diets because we have what's called the advanced recipe search. No one else anywhere else is doing it where you have more than 85 filters for individual allergens, uh, major and less common food families and food groups, specialty diets and special requests. So like you can say, I am corn-free and it's truly corn-free, not corn derivatives, et cetera. So corn-free, gluten-free, dairy-free, egg-free, nut-free, and I'm paleo and I need freezer friendly. Like you can literally go through, check, check off all the boxes. I love that. And the recipes that come up, it's not an or search, it's an and search. And that's the other thing that makes it so special yeah. because every result meets every need that you checked off in that box. It is the most advanced thing. And working on some extra super secret special, I'm going to tell you because it's, I'm already 10% done with the project. I So I'll tell you. You'll get there. Okay. We're now adding a system to our website where you can tack on meal planning and grocery uh, lists. Shopping lists. Genera- yeah, generation. So you go through the advanced recipe search. You go through and let's say you find 10 recipes you want for this week. You click on each one. You say, add to my recipe collection for this week. So now you've got your meal plan for this week. And then you push the little button that's a shopping you get cart. Your shopping list. And you get your shopping list. But then you can click edit and you can delete anything you already have. Then, mm-hmm. and I, I'm going to be telling people like, do this part on your computer because it's harder to see on a phone. You take yeah. your phone to the shopping, to the grocery store. You pull up your shopping list on your phone and it's got little check boxes so that as you buy yes. it, it crosses it off. Like full stop, one I like, love start it. finish. It's one so, system for family. You will, you'll love this. So a couple of years ago, we went on a family trip. My eldest child still has all these food issues and married somebody who also has all these food issues. And between okay. the two of them, we call them the allergy twins. Okay. And between the two of them, we were going on this trip and we had a list of so many foods that they could not eat at the time that we actually created a list for the chef that where we were going of what they could eat. (laughs) It's funny. Sometimes when we work with, with people, I say to them, now I need you to send me your list, whichever is shorter of either what you can have or can't have. Right. Yeah. Because you need kind of both. Like we've got one child that we work with and his safe list is about 32 items long. And that's it. Mm-hmm. That's literally all he can have. So and it's, it's amazing because from look, you day, can do an entire repertoire in three chords. You can eat an entire meal with 32 items. Yes. Right. And that was, it's, it's been amazing because their mom is like, oh my goodness, I'd never even thought of X, Y, Z and all these other things. And every so often they send me these really cute little videos because he's like four years old and um, he's like making little foods in the kitchen and it's so cute. And I'm like, it's so cool to see because it's like a whole new world is open to them because someone was able to just look at, you know, think outside the box because that's really my specialty. I think outside the box, you know? Okay, so theallergychef.com. Yes. Um, Where anything else that you want parents to take away, any message that you want them to know? The message we get to your final is one of hope because at the end of the day, like I said before, you are your child's sword and shield. And I know it feels like your kid can't have anything to eat. And I know it feels like this is impossible. And I know you feel like you're all alone. But number one, with more than 32 million Americans in the United States alone with a diagnosed food allergy, that doesn't even include celiac disease, food intolerance, or the undiagnosed. Number one, you're not alone right? Number two, my mission is to show you each and every day that you can have safe and delicious food. So if you do Instagram, follow us on Instagram at the allergy chef. And every day you're going to see a whole new way to make safe food. And you're going to be like, I had never thought of that. Wow. That's so cool. Oh, what a new way to use this because I want everyone to see like, you can have your cake and eat it too. It's going to cost you some elbow grease, but you're going to have some awesome food. 
Awesome. I can't, I can't wait to introduce you to my kids. Okay. I mean, I really can't. And okay. We got to wrap and I'm sorry to have to wrap. I could talk to you all day. You got a favorite quote or motto that you want to leave us with? Okay. It's technically two things. Cause I can never yeah. pick one. All right. First one is I'm changing the world one bite at a time, but you already knew that. And my second, I'm, one, I'm right there with you. Right. Everybody eats. I'm changing day. the world one conversation at a time. Yes. Yeah, so right. You know, so. so with me, it's um, everybody eats when they come to my house. And my house is, you know, our website is technically an extension of my house. I don't care what your diagnosis is. I'm going to get you something to eat. So awesome. 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 Kathleen, I loved it. And more to come with us for sure. I'm so looking forward to playing with you further. To those of you listening, I hope you enjoyed this as much as I did. You know, this has been really inspirational. Our guest has been Kathleen the Allergy Chef. And you want to eat well, go to the extension of her home, her website, theallergychef.com. And for those of you listening, just remember, this is just one another one of those many ways in which, yeah, you've got complex kids and you are the change you want. You can make a difference. And sometimes it's going to start one bite at a time. Take care, everybody. Talk to you next time. You've been listening to the Parenting with Impact podcast with Elaine and Diane. For more information on the Impact Parents community or to join Sanity School for Parents, please visit impactparents.com. If you like what you've heard, please share this podcast with friends who need similar guidance and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.